Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to Invasion of Privacy. Today I have returning guests, and it's only him this time. I have Phil yes. from Chico. Hello, everybody. Which is not his actual name, but it's his stage name, and I'm not allowed to say his full name. You could say my full because name. Because he's hiding from the government. <laughs> That's also true. You told me I couldn't say your name, and now I can. No, you asked me what my preference was. I said Phil from Chico. You can say my name. Oh, so we've got Phil Corbin here. There you go. Anyway, um, so actually this is going to be the first time you and I have talked since this big incident that occurred in your life. I feel like I'm fucking like Barbara Walters right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, and I was purposely like not asking you questions before because I wanted to find out now. So, the, okay. So I guess how many days ago did that status or did did Andrew's status go up? Andrew's status probably went up four or five days ago. Okay. So four or five days ago, I'll tell you what I saw and then I want you to go on about okay. what I've missed because I don't know exactly what happened. All right. So about four or five days ago, our mutual friend Andrew posted something about you being in a rehab facility, but that you were okay and mm-hmm. that you just had to let every, he had to let everyone know mm-hmm. because I guess people were trying to get in touch with you mm-hmm. and couldn't. So they were panicking where the fuck's Phil. So he, you know, said that I immediately Facebook messaged you just being like, I love you. I had no idea what was going on, but you and I have been boys yeah so i was just like fuck like my heart was like what the fuck's going on with phil and i got really upset thinking about you being in pain and not having reached out but you know that's my own probably jewish guilt coming in and then and then you did a status Mm -hmm. i guess a day or two ago uh yesterday yesterday that kind of went into what exactly it was but i want you to explain to me and to everyone listening what happened okay um, all right. So I have been fighting depression since I can remember, since I was a kid even. Um, and I never dealt with it. I just like drank and did drugs. Uh, and then I guess my depression, I guess the trigger, um, which kind of made me finally like 
want to fix it, I guess, like for real, like something more permanent, uh, was I, I ruined my relationship. I ruined my last relationship and I had never felt that depressed before. Like that was the lowest I'd ever been. Like it was, I was having panic attacks physically. Like I was sweating, shaking, dry heaving, throwing up. First of all, I didn't know you had ruined it. Like when I had asked about what happened, I hadn't, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I don't, you don't need to tell me detailed details, but like I had no idea. Like what do you mean? Like the drinking had or? No, uh, actually I was sober, but my depression, I closed off. I pushed her away. Okay. And I, uh, I wasn't there for her the way I said I'd be. So, and it was all just my own shit. So that all happened. That was kind of a trigger. And it was literally some of the worst pain I've ever been in in my life. And uh, I had been about 45 days sober at the time. Uh, then I just went back to drinking. Um, and it wasn't helping. And so last Thursday, I finally kind of just decided I'm going to go to the hospital and I'm going to talk to a doctor. And this is where I fucked up. <laughs> I went to the doctor and I said, you know, I'm, I'm in pain. I need some medication. Like, this isn't normal how I'm feeling. And I felt this way for a long time. I need some kind of help. And this is where being a comedian gets you in trouble. (laughs) They asked me, okay, so have you had any thoughts about harming other people? And I said, yeah, (laughs) all the time. I live in New York City, dude. I think about. So you made a joke. Yeah. I was like, I think about kicking people in front of taxis every day. Oh, Phil. Yeah. Not (laughs) the time to try to get a laugh. Every day. Every single day. Anytime somebody doesn't hold the elevator door for me. Did you really say all this? You just went on a fucking minute set? Oh, yeah. yeah. I was like, anytime somebody doesn't hold the elevator door for me, in my head, I'm like, I hope the elevator crashes. I hope those people die in a fire. Like, I... (laughs) Oh, (laughs) my God. And I'm telling that to this doctor. And this doctor's like, holy shit. I'm thinking it's funny. Then the doctor says, uh, all right, so... Have you had any thoughts about hurting yourself? And I was like, dude, did you not just hear me? I live in New York City. Fuck yes, every day. Anytime oh, I'm waiting man. for the train, I think about how much easier my life would be if it was over. I'm just <laughs> diving in front of the train. <laughs> I'm saying all this how to this doctor. How did you doctor. not know that they're asking these questions for I'm an a reason, idiot. Phil? I'm an, absolute, I'm an absolute maniac. I'm an idiot. I don't know. This is like therapy 101. Like when they say, do you want to hurt someone? Unless you do want to hurt someone and you do need help to prevent yourself from doing that or yourself, but like... I'm, a, I'm an idiot. Holy shit. I wasn't taking it seriously at all. I was just like, I was just like, all right, bada boom, bada You were bing. depressed, but trying to make some light in yeah, the situation. And I was like, all right, you're going to give me meds and I'm going to get out of here. I got shit to do. That was, what, that was my whole thought process. And then I said all that and they took my shoes and they took my belt and they took, they, they sat me down, took my blood pressure took some blood, uh, urine sample, blah, blah, blah. And then I was sitting there kind of like, all right, can I go now? And they were like, oh, dude, you're not going anywhere. You're hanging out. You're going to be here for at least a few days. Fuck. Yeah. Did you have like a phone to contact people? They took my phone. 
They took Holy my cell phone. Holy shit, that's so scary. That's oh, such yeah. a trapped feeling. Oh yeah, it was I flipped out. They uh they when they first told me I wasn't leaving, I was like throwing papers and cursing and you know, fuck you. I said the whitest thing I've ever said in my life. What'd you say? I said, I'm gonna get my dad to sue you. <laughs> <That's what I laughs> said. It's the whitest thing I've ever said in my life. But that's I said that. I was angry. I was like, I'm gonna get my dad to sue you, fuck you, let me go, da 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 da. They ended up calling the crisis team, which is the people who come and grab you and put a syringe in your neck and make no. you go to sleep. And before they could do that, one of the nurses kind of grabbed me and they kind of was just like, listen, you're going to be here whether you like it or not. If you want to get out as soon as possible, you need to calm down right now. And so I calmed down. And then I kind of just accepted that I was going to be there for a few days. And I just rolled with it. And uh, I mean, it really sucks that. Because I know you and I know that in the past, the way you would deal with depression or those feelings, right, would be to like drown them out with drinking. And here you were trying to not go that route Mm -hmm. and, you know, get some medication or whatever. And then like next thing you know, this is happening. Mm -hmm. And like it just sucks because I want you to know, although, you know, I'm just a friend saying this, like. Oh, you're more than a friend, Kate. You know what I mean, though. You're my spirit animal. (laughs) Kate Wolf is my spirit animal. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) I just want you to know that, like, and, you know, we brought these, and I'll probably will cry, but that's fine. Um, I just don't, I just, the next time you do feel that down, Mm -hmm. I don't want this situation that just happened to stop you from trying to go about it in a way where you're not going to drinking because, you know, when I first met you, you have like a tough exterior thing that comes off at first, right? It's mm-hmm. the, you got that kind of accent thing, you know, like, but immediately, because we became friends real quick, mm-hmm. um, your sweetness and your kind heart just comes out don't, so. Don't tell people I have a kind heart. What are you doing? I'm, I'm a thug, everybody. Right. Everybody listening, I'm right. a thug. Yes, he is. Yes, thug he life. is a thug. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm gangster, all yeah. right? Don't listen My to My dad's going to sue this place. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, you know, so what I've really admired about you is you've told me some things about childhood and things you've seen. And there are a lot of people who go through those things and allow it to harden, and I'm not saying you don't have hardened places, but you also really try to be a good person, an honest person, and you keep trying to grow. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the thing that really makes me so proud of who you are is you keep wanting, like, since I've met you, you're like, yeah, I want to start drinking less. I want to actually have that real relationship where I can fall in love and be true to a person. And like, it's really not easy for you because of where you've come from and the things you've witnessed and seen, Mm -hmm. but you keep trying. And every time you get knocked down, you get back up. Mm -hmm. And I just want you to keep trying because I know, and I see who you really are. And I don't, want you to you to think that this experience of these people who like kind of trapped you there um because they couldn't take a joke um, <laughs> no they did their job you know you know what i mean though like but you listen they did what they had to do mm-hmm. but at the same time like i even have a joke about it where i go to my son's pta meeting and they're like how are you today kate and i'm like a little suicidal yeah. you know it's like i don't know what state you were in so so maybe you were really in a place that had to be there for five days. Oh, d- yeah. Don't get me wrong. I needed rehab. Okay, good. I definitely... Then I'm glad that they did what they needed to do. Um, I just want 
you to just keep moving forward and trying to get healthier and staying away from substances because I see who you are. And it's not that you're not there already, but I also see the blocks that you still have to get through Mm -hmm. to heal. And I just want you to keep going because you're a very rare spirit in the sense of you want to keep healing. Like you're not someone who's like, eh, fuck that. I'm going to keep doing these things that bring me the same results, but fuck it. It's what I know. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, there, I'm sure you still go into some cycles, Sure, but you really keep fighting to get out of them. And I do think you're going to get there with the proper support system. And that's, you know, obviously friends like me, but I think you need to go to regular therapy. I think oh God. <laughs> you do, Phil. I mean, I go to regular therapy, you know, like I think so many people are almost like allergic to the term, especially if they weren't raised in a way, if they're raised in a tougher neighborhood, therapy's not something you like celebrate. I mean, even my ex-husband used to call therapy the rapist because if you break down the word, you know, and, but it was like so corny because I'm like, I'm sorry that like you think talking about your feelings and actually feeling them and crying Like, it's a sad place to think that that's a weakness because it's not. And I do think you need regular therapy. I think you need friends that are very sensitive and can go there in that place with you. And Mm -hmm. and not they're not scared of those emotions. Um, You probably need AA meetings, to be honest. Like, Jesus Christ. I'm serious, though. Like, this shit's real. And when you don't take it seriously, Mm -hmm. you keep finding yourself... Like, maybe you'll feel good for two weeks. You're like, ah, no, I'm fine. Look, I'm fine. And then, boom, you find yourself right back in the same spot. Mm-hmm. And listen, I battle depression and anxiety as well. And it's it's fucked. A lot of people do, though. And it's not about ever, quote, unquote, overcoming it, like where you get to this place where everything's birds and roses. It's about getting to a place where you're, quote, unquote, healthy enough that when it does arise, you know how to now deal with it. So when I get in my really low spot... I'm like, okay, do I call, because I'm a love addict, right? I'm like, do I call this one dude who actually cannot meet my needs and will actually hurt me more than help me? Mm -hmm. Or do I call my therapist right now? Do I call my brother? It's all about choices opening up to you when you're in that place Mm -hmm. and then being able to move forward in a way that's not sabotaging yourself. You know what's crazy? Uh, There is something out there that makes everything like birds and roses. What is it? Molly. Molly is the shit. No, I'm just kidding. You're the worst. I'm just kidding. I'm just playing. Well, I mean, well, that's the thing about drugs and drinking, right? When you do that shit for a fucking hour or longer, Uh you are with the birds and the roses. But the problem, and you can ask any meth addict this, is that that shit slowly deteriorates, whether it's your physical body or your emotional body. But that's why, I mean, it's a joke, but it's also real because that's why people do drugs. They don't do it for the fucking 10 years later pictures in jail that you see them with their face rotted away. Sure. They do it because it is a quick fix to taking away the pain. So it's so tempting. It's literally like the devil on your shoulder being like, oh, you want to feel happy real quick? Here you go. Absolutely. And I, I'm not a big drug person, but I did create a drug-like substance in men. Which sounds crazy, but I was getting almost a very similar heroin-like reaction 
to running to a guy's house that I know I shouldn't be going to. It was like that thrill. Ooh, I shouldn't be there. Ooh, this is kind of hurting myself. But just the rush of like having sex with that person and being in that environment Mm -hmm. did take away my pain for a full day because I was creating this fucking drama, this spike of adrenaline. But then you always come crashing down. And like after the sex, I'd always feel depleted, unhappy. I'd beat myself up until I hit a point where it just wasn't worth it to keep repeating that behavior. But it took a lot of fucking years of repeating it to come to a place and say, fuck this shit. Yeah. I don't want to keep hurting myself. And you know what? I'll tell you what. Life feels a little boring sometimes. Oh, yeah. You wake up and you're looking at your boring ass room and you're like, oh, this is life. You know, but the longer you let yourself be in that openness, Mm -hmm. the more colors become vibrant, sounds become clearer and crisper and like... It's not the same kind of druggy spike, Mm -hmm. but something else does happen and another kind of magic comes in, but you have to be patient. And that's the problem with people like me and you. We want immediate gratification. That's very true. I am a big fan of immediate gratification. Most people are. We don't want to fucking wait. We don't want to work hard for results. I hate waiting. I hate waiting for everything and anything. Just now when I got here, I was waiting outside of the studio for like seven minutes and I was just sitting there like, God, I hate this. I hate waiting so much. Waiting's awful. Part of it, and it's part of me, for me anyways, it's uh, like a paranoia. It's it's really, I I have really bad paranoia where I think everybody's setting me up to where it's like, hey, Phil, you want to come do this podcast? (laughs) And I I get all the way here and I'm on time and then it's like, psych, haha, idiot. Can you imagine (laughs) I did that to you after everything you've just been through and I'm like, psych, loser, no one wants you on a podcast. That's where my brain goes. Wow. That's that's immediately where my brain goes. If somebody's like, all right, I'll be out in five minutes and five minutes goes by, immediately I'm like, oh, fuck, somebody's fucking me. I'm getting played. And then I, I mean, start. we can laugh at it, but that's a real sad, real place for a lot of people, whether it's paranoia or mm-hmm. it's in another form. Like we all have these quote unquote crazy voices in our head that mm-hmm. go, I told you this wasn't going to work out. I told you you're not good enough for dot, 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 you know, and it's about letting that exist with kindness sure. and being like, oh, wow, there's a real part of me that's paranoid, yeah, you know, and kind of loving on that part. Um, we all have these different parts of ourselves, like tons and tons of parts. We're very multifaceted. Mm-hmm. We have a paranoid, a paranoid part. <laughs> we have an angry part and you can even split the anger into things. Like you can have the angry clown. You can have the like angry sadistic murderer, you know, like there's just so many different pieces that we have and voices. And it's actually through compassion and integration of these parts that you're able to move forward in a much kinder way. Sure. But it's not like you were raised like that, you know, in the environment. It's not like people aren't like, just I was love. actually, I was, I was raised. I don't mean parent. I mean, I don't mean your parents. I mean, like you were friends with a lot of tough fucking dudes. Oh, okay. Where you had to like prove how tough you were. And that's what Absolutely. I mean is like, you can't walk out at that age being like, no, guys, it's all about love and compassion. I can't to do yourself. that shit at this age. I still can't do that. Well, we're working on it. I'll get my ass whooped. By I, who? All my friends. Who? All my best friends. I've had. Who I, are your be- I guess I don't know your best friends. I'm like, look, I want to go to. I want to. I'm like your mom. <laughs> let me talk to these best friends, Phil, and let them know what cool really is. Oh, yeah. No, I, I probably. 
back back in California, I probably had I don't know, it was a smaller circle, probably like seven, eight people that I really, really fucked with growing up. And yeah, one of them, one of them I could probably really, yeah, I'll say, I'll say two of them. Two of them I could probably really come to on some like deep, uh, sad feelings type shit. Um, but we'll still fight after it. <laughs> we're not. Yeah, but not, that's okay. We're not just gonna get away with it. I think you should be the leader of this. Like, I know I'm I mean, sounding like my art teacher self, but just hear me out, Phil. Hear me out. Uh-huh. So many people, so many people are in the kind of pain. They're just not talking about it. Like, I don't know if you saw Kid Cudi's yeah, Facebook post recently. Mm-hmm. And he finally came out about having to go into a rehab center for depression and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the the comments below, people are like thanking him. Yeah. They're like, yo, I'm feeling the same stuff. Thank you for for voicing it. So it's the brave one who's the first one to say, yo, I'm in some serious fucking shit and I can't carry this anymore. I actually convinced my dad that same shit because my I posted that the status basically said I went to rehab for depression. I got what I needed out of it. Um, thank you all for your thoughts and prayers, blah, blah, blah. And my dad called me and he was like, uh, yeah, you might want to take that down. You might want to uh, think about who's looking at your Facebook. You're looking for a de- new job, blah blah blah. And it's like, yeah, I, I, that that the reason you're talking about is why I'm not going to take it down. Yeah. Because my messages blew up with people saying, "I've I've been through this too. I'm going through it now. I've been going through it for 20 years. I've been going through it for this long. Uh, if you need any help, I got you." And you know two-way street i got your back and like a just when you're recovering a big part of recovery is healing other people yeah so like people feeling comfortable enough to come to me and these are like acquaintances you know there's comedians that i've done maybe two shows with and they're comfortable enough to come to me and say hey i've been there and I know how it is and I'm here for you if you need me and being able to establish that connection and being like look you know if you need me I got you if I need you I'll hit you and like that's because there's like a stigma with mental health there's and it sucks because it keeps people who need help from getting help because the they don't want to be persecuted and so talking about it just getting it out in the open and just Talking about it like it's, you know, just another Facebook status because really that's all it is. It helps. Yeah. It's it's shocking how many of us hold back what we really feel and think because we think we have to mm-hmm. when in the truth of the matter is most people are probably feeling a similar way. They're just not speaking it because they think they're going to be judged. And that's why I'm saying like you're saying you can't say this to like your – your boys or your closest friends. And I'm saying you can like, that's what true strength is, is being the first to actually say, <laughs> you know, like, yo, I feel fucked up half the it's time. It's funny too, because the, the, like my main, main man, my big cousin, Jason, like my best friend, uh, he's beating my ass because I didn't tell him. <laughs> I talked to him this morning, like five in the morning on the phone. 
It was like 2, 2, 2 a.m. his time. And I was talking to him, and he's like, I'm whooping your ass when you get home, dude. I'm kicking your fucking ass. How could you not? First of all, how do I find out you're in rehab through somebody else, first of all? Second of all, how are you going through shit like that and not talking to me about it? And so, I mean, I guess I'm damned if I do. I'm damned if I don't. I'm getting my ass whipped somewhere. No, but I know listen, that's going to happen. Listen no, one, listen, no one needs to whoop your ass. That's a funny way of him telling you I love you. I get it. Dudes are funny like that. Um, but that's, that's the thing. This is why when I talk about feminism, I say it's not about men or women. Feminism, the actual energy behind it, is fighting for this place within us, the really feeling, sensitive, creative part that we all have. Mm-hmm. Because we're all – men Men almost have it worse in that way where they think they're not allowed to express weakness or sadness because it makes them a bitch or it makes them weak. And you honestly – You can express sadness. You can't express weakness. Sadness is fine. But we all are imperfect. We all have weaknesses. It's the people who try to like be tough and pretend they don't have weaknesses that to me look like pussies. I'm over it. The only problem with that is there's there's environments where people prey on the weak. That's the reason they do that. Yeah, but that only works in environments where this belief is still bought into. Because if someone tried to prey on me because I'm as sensitive as I am, I would look at them. I'd probably have tears running down my fucking face while also being like, you're not allowed to fucking bully me. And yeah, I'm crying right now, but these are fucking <laughs> proud ass fucking tears a because I'm a still, I'm a still handful. a fucking human. Yeah, I would. And I'd be like, you should be ashamed of yourself. The wolf would come out. Yeah, the wolf would come out. <laughs> and we need more wolves coming out of all of us, of this really animalistic, truthful nature that's both deeply sensitive, feeling, we all have weak parts. Even a wolf can get fucking caught in a trap. Absolutely. And- we all just need to like express this part of ourselves, and I'm I, I, bullies don't work on me anymore. Good. I'm like, yo, I'm not, First I'm not all, fucking twelve anymore. If anybody Your shit ever doesn't bullies work. you, you call me. That's the first thing. I don't, need to, be called, ever, I don't need to call anyone, I know anyone, you don't Phil. need to, but it would be my pleasure to come and <laughs> okay, handle that. thank you. All right? I got you. <laughs> Nobody you. bullies Kate I don't Wolf know if there's anyone scarier around. than me, but I appreciate it because when I really get fucking, when someone really triggers me, there is something. I mean, I had a fucked up childhood and I got bullied a lot by parents, so... Mm-hmm. There's a part in me that you'd probably not just be shocked to see, but actually really excited to see that part of me come out. You'd be like, yeah, that's my girl. I probably would love it. Yeah. Yeah. But like when it comes out, my anger can match pretty much anyone's, but it's always for a good cause. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always because someone is trying to bully or, you know, and I don't want to say always for a good cause because there have definitely been relationship fights where (laughs) I'm also just, you know, triggered and (laughs) wrong, whatever you want to call it. Sure. Yeah, no, there have been times where I'm wrongfully mad, but, (laughs) but at the, I've come to a point where I'm like, yo, your shit's not going to work on me anymore. Cause I know how this shit works now. Uh Like you can't, like, cause, cause people still try to use their old tactics, even unconsciously where they, they say, they say something really passive aggressive or manipulative and try to feed on your fear or like, you know, and I'm just like, yo, that shit doesn't work. Like, I know what game you're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm not 10. I'm not even 30 anymore. I'm 30 fucking five and I've lived life and I've seen people trying to put me down and it's just not going to fucking work. And at the end of the day, being an adult, I can just get the fuck out of this situation. Absolutely. The only person that I can't, walk away from is Shane and I don't want to walk away from Shane because he's a beautiful human being and I'm I don't his mom. want to walk away from Shane Shane's the best Shane is amazing he's amazing he's the best kid he's amazing but like at the end of the day I'm like 
I have my, that's my boy. Like that's, and he's becoming more and more like my close friend as he gets older and older. We could, we watched Castaway the other day together. Nice. Like we're just having so much. We watched Classic I Am Legend movie. and he was worried about me. He's like, mom, you're not going to sleep. Stop. Like you shouldn't be watching this. Hilarious. So, so like other than that though, I'm like, I, I realize that I can walk away. So I'll try to talk it through with someone who's willing to, but if not, I'm like, bye. Sure. I don't have time for bullshit. I'm a grown woman and I get to make my life what I want to make it. And I can express myself and be weird. No one's allowed to look at me with a fucking attitude. Oh, okay. I did a show last Friday at Valley Forge. I did too. The first one was fucking fire. The second one, I had some fucking uptight white bitches in the audience nice. trying to judge me. And I'm on stage. And I said to her, I said, you can leave. I was like, you can walk out right now and leave. And she's like, that's mean. And I said, no, it's not mean. I said, you're interrupting my set saying mean fucking things. So either sit here and be a cool person or get the fuck out. And only half the people were clapping with me and half of them were still kind of judging me. And I looked at everyone and I said the same speech. I was like, I know why I'm here on, on earth. We are all here to express our unique soul song and to God, to I wish I'd been at this show. <laughs> and God. to shout it at the top of our lungs. I'm like, you can't, I'm like, you can look at me, you can shake your heads, you can judge me. I don't give a fuck. I said, I've I'm out of high school. I'm out of elementary school. I don't teach anymore. You guys can't bully me into not being myself. I don't give a fuck anymore. You go, Kate. And half the people were clapping, but it's the truth. Like, it still hurt my feelings. I didn't like the people judging me it mm -hmm. hurt it's not about not being hurt but i didn't let that hurt and their judgment stop me from doing my shit and that's Absolutely. i mean it's such a great place to be at where you're like i'm gonna be me regardless sure i don't care if i have less fans or whatever like but nothing's gonna it's gonna make me not be me Absolutely. shouts out to a uh, listener candace she came out and to support so she got to witness the crazy so hi candace thanks for coming what up candace phil says what up she has no idea who i am <laughs> no she probably does because you've been on before and oh, she true. listens yeah that's true it was a great episode except you and Usama bullied me I was actually that's true you were more on my side and I love Usama he just loves getting a reaction out of me and he's good at it I, lo I love Usama too he's, he's, he came and visited me did he really? Yeah, he, him. What a fucking good dude. He's, he's a great dude. I didn't because I didn't have any information. I, it's, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I hate you. It's, yeah, forever. right. Forever. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's probably good that I didn't have it because I was in a fucking, I've been in a weird funky place. So yeah. nah, it's okay. Cause it would have come and not brought you down. No, Can you imagine I, I come and bring you down? <laughs> honestly, it was freeing. In a weird way, like it was nice after a while. Like once you settled and stopped fighting the center? Yeah, it was just basically what like... What happened there? Oh man, what happened? I ate a bunch of food. <laughs> <laughs> they had good food there? No, but I ate every piece of it. I don't... What is that? Wasting food is a sin, so... Good for you. Every piece of food they put in front of me, I ate. Um, I did a lot of push-ups. <laughs> I wrote like a madman. Oh, that's awesome. I was I like, was, you wrote jokes or you just wrote and got it all out? I wrote jokes. I was writing material, which was great. It's going to be some real material. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I've got some good suicide material coming up. Yeah, yeah. for the suicide audience. But yep. I mean, you really need to talk on stage about how you were making jokes to the doctor. I'm going to. Okay. That's, <laughs> he that's admitted gonna be, you. That's going to be part Although of it. Although it was for the best. It was for the best. That's going to be part of the bit. And my doctor's name was Dr. Fatal, 
But when I first read his name, I read it Dr. Fatal. So I didn't really? trust him at first. Yeah, I was really scared of him, to be honest. He scared the shit out of me. But he turned That's, out to be a cool guy. I look a lot into names, yeah. which is not a surprise. So when I see someone have like a fucked up last name, I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. Oh, yeah. No, I'm the same way. Although uh, sometimes it's like a paradox to trick you. So it could be like a last name like Fatal and they're actually going to give you life by, through like death. Hilarious. Yeah. I love how crazy you are. <laughs> I swear to God, you are just one of my favorite people to talk to Thank in you. the whole world. I didn't even realize that was a crazy thing to say. It's just, it's, it's, every time I talk to you, I feel like I'm, I'm growing a little bit. Thank you. I, that means a lot to me. I don't want to cry with you saying that, but it means a lot to me. I, I, I'm really serious. Like every time I talk to you, and you'd be talking about, and like, <laughs> Like, you know me, I'm not into like chakras and all that stuff, but every time I talk to you, it's like, it's, it's, it's deep and I can tell that you genuinely care. And we, we talk about some deep shit sometimes. So it's, uh, I always enjoy our conversations. Thank you. Absolutely. Me too. And, and I told you this, this morning when I called you and asked you to come on, like, cause I was, I was like. I didn't know if you'd want to come on, right? You just went through this. And then I thought about it and I was like, what I love that we have a similarity is that we can be in really dark places and see some dark shit, but we're still able to laugh at it or at least just talk about it. Sure. Like there very it's very rare for either one of us to be going through something and say, I just had like a weird list there, to be going <laughs> through something and say, um, yeah, I don't want to talk about it, which maybe would even be healthy for us. I don't know. But mm -hmm. we're always willing to go there because I think I think on the deepest level, you don't see it as a weakness. I think you haven't owned it yet, maybe with some of your old friends. Mm -hmm. But I think on a deep, deep level, you know that, you know, being able to go to the depths of yourself, the dark places, the sad places, the sensitive places, the weak places, whatever that even means. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the funny thing about the word weak. I want to go on a little rant right there All because, right, you know, like you see pictures of those flowers that come through cement, you know, like the roads you know, that grew from concrete. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like those things where you see, or it, I posted something on my Facebook a week ago of these like plants growing in crazy places that you, you know, they're defying life almost. They're like, nah, fuck no, you're not going to take me down. Yeah. Um, and that's what I think so that's what I almost mean by the word weak. Cause here you have these really fragile, frail flowers that if you just, if my human hand went and plucked it would kill it. And yet it's so strong in how vulnerable it is. Like here mm -hmm. you have this vulnerable, malleable thing that's growing almost through concrete. Yeah. That to me is strength because it's like, no matter, it's still allowing itself to open its petals and to take in the sun and to absorb life and to fight for its right to live. That's why people love Tupac so much. Tell me. Well, I just posted a Tupac thing. Did you? Yeah. What was it? It was him talking about Trump. Oh, nice. I've the whole that. corruption of power and stuff. Yeah. Too, that's why people... Why? Tell me. I don't know too much about Tupac. He's, I just loved he's, him. He's, I think his, uh, he put out a book of poetry, and it was called The Rose That Grew From Concrete. Really? And it's this gangster rapper writing poems about love and and, you know, that touches people on that level. And once you touch people on that level, you kind of, they kind of stick with you forever. That's why, you know, even though he's gone, 
he's still relevant. He's always going to be relevant as long as hip hop music is relevant. Tupac, yeah, that's why that connection because he was he spoke from the soul. He was one of those, absolutely. There's a there's a hair salon across the street from me called Urban Rose. Nice. And I've always I finally got my hair cut there. Um, but I, I was staring at it for like five years and it just always spoke to me, Yeah, you know, cause I look out my window and it's just there and you know me, I look into meaning and I could just feel it. I'm like, there's something to this place. I don't know if they called it that for that reason or not. Mm-hmm. And then I went there a couple months ago and it was so cool walking into this place that I've stared at. Cause sometimes at night they have this one sign and it says doobie and it just shine. It goes like on and off and it's like speaking to me. Yeah. And I knew it didn't mean like a doobie that you smoke, you know, because sure. I'm like, why would this hair salon have just doobie flashing? But it was like, it just spoke to me. And I've been looking at it for years. So I walked in and I was kind of like, I can't believe I'm in the place I've been staring at. And the first thing I asked the owner, because she was the one doing my hair, I was like, why is it called Urban Rose to see if it matched? And her daughter was like, it was my idea because, you know, we grew up in this kind of environment because I live in Jersey City and it's pretty urban. She's like... And I see all of us who like come through it as roses, you know, Mm -hmm. we grow out of the concrete. And I was like, I knew it. You know, I was probably too excited for them. They're like, who's this white chick getting too excited for us? It was so cool. Um, And then I asked what doobie meant. I was Uh like, I have to ask because it just speaks to me. And um, they were saying, because they actually do a lot of like hair weaving there. And a woman was doing it right in front of me. And it was like blowing my mind at Mm -hmm. how intricate it was. Like, I was like, this is a fucking art form that I did not appreciate before because I had no idea. Mm -hmm. And she was doing it. So I was witnessing it. And then she was explaining that the doobies, like the hair weaving thing. And I still have yet to fully make sense of what it means. But I do think if I'm going to go into it, it's kind of like the tapestry of life of all of us being woven together and connected, even though there's this illusion that we're separate. It's yeah. the veil. It's when you come onto the planet Earth. Let's get a little weird. Um, <laughs> there's this illusion. It's like the smoky fog of, you know, we're limited. We have limited vision of what we see. Mm-hmm. And yet that's why you have to go into the feelings. Because if you just go by what the eyes are perceiving, you're going to be limited. When you can actually feel into your heart, you can feel the connection, not just to people, but to animals, to the Earth, to even like, products like this light like if you really felt into it mm-hmm. you'd feel its life force so it's like i don't know the doobie kind of reminded me of the tapestry of life and how we're all connected even though there's this illusion of not being and here i'm looking at the store that i'd never stepped into you know and it spoke to me and then i walked in and i was like oh yeah it was speaking to See, me that's what i'm talking about that right there that's a perfect example of why i enjoy our conversations because i would see that sign and I'd just be like, doobie, smoke weed. That's, and I would <laughs> You'd keep be like, walking. yo, the universe is asking the me to smoke. The universe is telling me to smoke weed. I got to go find some weed. Luckily for me, my weed guy lives in Jersey City. Perfect. <laughs> well, I guess we can make our own meaning out of things. Yeah. But we can also use signs and symbols as a way to excuse bad behavior. It's just Listen, awesome. Listen, smoking weed's not necessarily bad behavior. It's your relationship to weed. If you were constantly weed going is awesome to it. Behavior, Listen, in my opinion. I really enjoy smoking weed, but I really also make sure I don't do it all the time. Because sure. it's something that you can slip into instead of actually feeling the discomfort. You're like, oh, let me take away that feeling. And it's like flattening the wave of life. Mm-hmm. So we we we're like cosmic surfers. 
and you have to feel the highs and the lows sometimes and a lot of times both at once. You can mm-hmm. be happy and sad at the same time. Sure. Um, but the moment that there's confusion or discomfort, if you're going to flatten it, not just with weed, but with drinking or sex or whatever, every time you flatten it, you are stopping the process and the process, which you will probably want to stop it because it's uncertainty and unknown. And it's also process. It takes time. Mm-hmm. But the problem when you stop and you flatten the waves, if you had let them continue, even though it's uncomfortable, something new can be created. Something Absolutely. new can come out of that. But we're often, Rumi has a quote, why stay in prison when the door's wide open? Because we're scared of the unknown. And we don't like process. We like immediate gratification. Um, and I trust me, I'm there. I have to sometimes talk to myself. I'm like, don't smoke weed. I know it feels boring, but put on a movie, call a friend. Like you can get through this uncomfortable, quote unquote, boring place. You know, movies are way better when you're high, right? Um, Phil, I do know that. <laughs> well, yes and no. My, my attention span actually gets a little funky when I'm high, but, uh, I get really into movies. I can be I dead too. sober and see a movie and like Shane almost gets annoyed at how into it I am. Yeah. Like he's like, it's just a movie. And I'm like, you're ruining it for me. <laughs> I go into it. Like I am there, you know, so if it's, I can't really watch horror movies for that reason. That's actually the only thing I watch pretty much. I watch very strictly horror and uh, stand-up comedy specials. That's wow. pretty much all Didn't I Didn't we watch. talk about this last time you were on about you and the horror movies? Possibly. About how, well, it's like a spike. It's almost like a way to like feel. Yeah, that's why I like it. It's like the It breaks the through. Reaction. It's, yeah. It's an action movie. It's like, oh, explosions, whatever. Oh, da, 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 You're like, like, next, been there, done that, yeah. got the t-shirt. Yeah. Let me see someone's skull getting ripped off. Not even that, but just like <laughs> shit popping out at you and you're like, ah, like, because I get into movies too, especially if I'm, if I smoke a little weed and I watch a scary movie, oh, don't, don't. Talk to me. Don't touch me. I am here. I am right here. I am in this movie. I'm a person in this movie and shit pops out. It scares the shit out of me and I enjoy that feeling. I, I like don't enjoy it. I get too terrified. And I, I guess it's, I don't even know if that's an emotional response, but just like, just, I love that. That's, I only watch scary movies. I only go to the theaters for scary <laughs> movies and stand up specials. It's like the opposite of me. Yeah. Did you see uh, Kevin Hart and Jimmy Fallon? Go into the Blood Manor haunted house. I did not, but I'm sure it was. You hilarious. have to see it. It's funny. I did see Kevin Hart and Conan O'Brien work out, and that was hysterical. I have to watch that one. That was hysterical. No, I watched them going through Blood Manor, and I was like, I would not last a fucking second. Yeah. Like they're touching them too. Like I'm like, you have to be brave to be one of those actors because. If you do that to me, I might accidentally get so triggered I punch you in the face or that, headbutt you. That happened to me. You headbutted someone or I punched them? I punched a I don't know what you want to call him. A skeleton, I guess. <laughs> I punched a skeleton in the face. I, I like jaw checked him because it was at uh every God, I don't know, May, June in Chico, uh there's a silver dollar fair. And oh wait, no, this couldn't be this at silver dollar fair. Because it was Halloween. Hmm. I'm not sure what it was, but it was a haunted house and it was at the fairgrounds. I know that much. And I was walking through the haunted house and there's like a skeleton against the wall. And I'm like fucking around. I like touch its mask and it moved. And as soon as it moved, my other hand came up and just uppercutted him real quick. And I think they made me. Was he okay? Oh, he was fine, but they made me leave. 
Yeah, well, that makes sense, Phil. Yeah. You might be a little too trigger-happy to go into a haunted house, though. I didn't think he was real. I thought it was just like a decoration on so the wall. So why were you so punching like, a decoration? Because he moved. <laughs> That's why oh, it scared me. Oh, I, I, I thought it was like a decoration on the wall, so I touched its mask. And as soon as it like jumped at me, I was, it was just like reflex kind of caught him in the chin. No, I don't do I don't do haunted houses. I'm not. I'll tell you what though. So Blood Manor is on my way out of the Holland Tunnel. Yeah. So I'm like waiting. I'm in traffic, and I had no idea Blood Manor was there. Yeah. And I see it, it was a man dressed as a zombie, but I for real. <laughs> I thought it was a man really fucked up on some shit. Like I did. I thought I was a man on like some fucking meth. I was, I like locked my doors. I was like, well, the apocalypse is happening. Right. Like Walking that's dead. some real shit. I, li- I was like, I had no idea that's that fun. he was dressed up. So I, yeah, I thought I wasn't sure. I wasn't like, oh, that's a zombie. I was like, yo, that dude's on. Cause I'm sure you've seen some dudes in the city. That almost look like zombies. They're so oh yeah, sure. Like on a lot of drugs, I've fucked seen, up. I saw their dick stumbling on the subway. It was ashy. It was gross. How'd that happen? Oh man, that's just the one train on a Tuesday. That's, that's just you're having different experiences than I am. No, I've I've seen I've seen an ashy I, dick. I've seen three homeless penises on uh, the one train since in my in my two and. Two years and some change. Thank the fucking Lord. I have not seen any dick on a train because I am very sensitive and it would very, it would upset me. Oh, it was, I, it would upset me. I didn't like it. They just showed <laughs> you their dick? No. Uh, one of them was really drunk and pulled his dick out and started pissing in the middle of the subway car. One of them <laughs> was passed out, but his pants were ripped and his dick was just kind of like flopped Chilling. Over. <laughs> yeah. It just got freed out of the cage. And one guy, he had to be on drugs or something because he was just undressing. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're probably on trains a lot later than I am. I am. I usually, I'm, I'm on that uh, 4 a.m. train. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what's happening. Yeah. I'm not, I don't do trains that late. I try not to at least. Like if I know I'm going to have some late shows, I take my car in. And then, you know, I still get, I hate walking home late at night. Sure hate it but i walk real fucking crazy like i stomp my feet real loud so like people think i'm the predator you know what i mean (laughs) like that's some crazy bitch you don't want to fuck with and if it's real late i'll pretend that my boyfriend and i just broke up and i'll pull out my phone and start yelling because no one wants that energy around them yeah you know so i try to like put out a certain energy of like don't fuck with me right now like it'll be more hassle than you want i may look sweet but I will fuck your world up. You're a wolf. I'm a wolf. Straight up. I am really loving my last name lately. Wolves are like really, I don't know if you've been picking up on the wolf vibe going on lately. Wolf. Like lots of wolf memes and shit going on with all the crazy full moons we've been getting. People are posting wolves and I just always am like saluting. Wolves have been my favorite animal since I was a kid. Shut up, really? I swear. Why? What is it about the wolf? Oh man, what is it about Have you? You've wolf? never felt into what it is about the wolf. You just liked it. I really did. I liked that, uh, I guess, I guess uh, part of it is like the pack mentality. Me and my friends, we were like, we were the wolves. Uh, but also, a just, tapestry or a doobie of wolves. Exactly, a doobie of wolves. <laughs> uh, me and my wolves. So there, I guess there's that. But I don't know. I, I just something. I I don't even know what it is. Something just always kind of drew me to wolves. I always thought they were really beautiful, but deadly and scary. 
And so I just, I really, I don't know, something about wolves I always liked. Yeah, there's something, they have such a graceful beauty to them, and yet they really are fierce mm -hmm. and can fuck you up. Mm -hmm. And yet wolves are the are what we domesticated into dogs. Man domesticated wolf, and that's what dogs are. So it's really interesting that like dogs at their truest nature are wolves mm -hmm. and how much, you know, man loves his dog and yet it derived from this wolf that a man couldn't really have in his house because maybe it would kill him. So it's just a really interesting thing. I actually, I know a guy who has two timber wolves. Really? Yes. And, and he domesticated them and they're loving oh, yeah, and they're, they're great. Oh yeah, they're chill. They, he walks them like That's the regular dogs. are fucking pretty huge. amazing. <laughs> I really hope that one day I have pet wolves. That would be so rad. Although I probably would get an arm bit off and then I couldn't even blame anyone. Nah, like, you never you, blame, you whenever there's a, puppy, a person. You'd be okay. Listen, whenever you have a person who gets attacked by their wild animal, whether it's a tiger, a crocodile, they're keeping in their Manhattan apartment, whatever, you never feel bad for that person. Never. Absolutely not. You're what like, you yo, yeah, what were you thinking? So I don't want to be that person because I swear to God, if something happened, no one would feel bad for me. I'd be a meme real quick. Nah, and I don't want to go out as a meme. I think if you get them, if you get them early, you get them when they're pups, you'd be fine. I think I'll just, if I really want to, maybe I'll just adopt a dog that sure. kind of looks like a wolf. I had a Siberian Husky for a long time. They're amazing dogs. Oh, she and was so the best. fucking cute. She was the best. You know, I got attacked by a dog when I was eleven. I have a scar on my face right here from getting attacked by a dog. What kind? Um, this one. <laughs> I have multiple. <laughs> Why are you getting attacked by dogs all the time? Uh, sometimes you just doing get, some doing some shit you're not supposed to be sometimes doing. Sometimes you just get attacked by dogs. That's just no. I don't know. Um, this one is actually this one was our dog. This one was uh, my dad's Great Dane. A Great Dane you know, attacked you? Didn't attack me. I think I like, I, I have a scar over here from getting actually attacked by a Doberman. But this one was, uh, uh, my dad had a Great Dane named Alice. And I was a baby. And I think I like jumped off the bed and karate chopped her. And she wasn't ready for okay, it. Okay, well, that, that's on you. Yeah, that one was my fault. The Doberman wasn't my fault. The Doberman just kind of showed up out of nowhere and got excited and freaked out. I got bit by a Doberman uh, about six months ago, but it didn't actually get the skin. It just got my jeans. Oh, good. But I knew it was about to happen because I was with my friend Karen and her dog Winston, who is known to get a little fiery we'll say uh -huh. aggressive and i got so fucking high because it was the only time i've ever really smoked out of a bong and i had no idea what happens hilarious so and she didn't know what a sensitive little flower i am she, like she knew and didn't know she turned you out and i like i got the kind of high where i saw the matrix like really saw it absolutely. do you know what i mean <laughs> absolutely and Were your legs tingling Everything like I was about oh, to leave yeah. my body, like oh, I, yeah. and like no one was believe. Like I say, no one, as if there was more than just Karen. But I was like, yo, no, 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 like I'm fucked I'm, up, man. I am fucked up. Yeah. Like this is ayahuasca. <laughs> like I'm supposed to be in the woods. So yeah, Hilarious. her dog. I looked at her dog and I realized <laughs> wild animals and that it can pick up on what's happening. I'm like, oh, so I'm freaking the fuck out. Your dog's picking up on it. It's gonna sure. attack me. And of course he did. She's sure. like, no, Winston wouldn't attack. And then I went to get up to go to the bathroom and Winston started biting me. It was fine because he didn't hurt me, but I was like, ah. Sure. And I ran out and, you know, it was funny. We ended up laughing because I was fine, but that was some shit, man. I said to her, I was like, 
I was like, that, me getting attacked that high would be like me doing ayahuasca in the jungle and a fucking gorilla busting through the fucking jungle. Yeah. I'm like, I was like, what the fuck? Like, it was like, it was, it I was have intense. a dog back home. I stole him, actually. From who? Uh, a neighbor. I, I don't know if I should even. <laughs> well, if, yeah, if you stole a dog, you probably shouldn't. Why'd you steal a dog? Uh, they were t- they were beating the shit out of it. Fuck yeah, good for you, Phil. They were they weren't feeding it. It was emaciated, and they like. What is wrong with people? I don't know. They just I didn't I, I don't know if they wanted the dog. I don't know what was going on, but the neighbor. So you didn't steal it. You saved it. I guess if that's what you want to call it. I I was going. I love home. that mentality though, because like you can be like, I saved the jeans from Macy's. Yeah, okay, exactly. <laughs> I saved a lot of things from Macy's in my day. No, <laughs> no, but I do think that you did save that dog. Oh, I don't think I it's did. stealing. Like if you see a child getting beaten every day by its parents, I mean, I guess that is still technically kidnapping, but I'm like, you save that child. Well, that depends on the child also. No, no child deserves to get hit, Phil. I nope. have met many children who deserve to get hit. No, they, they deserve to be so reparented. Many, no, they so deserve many kids. They deserve to have actual loving discipline. That's the problem is that you know, being against hitting a child isn't about letting a child walk all over you. Mm-hmm. Like Shane follows rules. He's not an sure. asshole, but that's because I've lovingly disciplined him. Sure. You know, and same when you're a teacher, like I taught and I had, I taught in Elizabeth for a year. It was rough. Never, ever would it have been okay. First of all, it's not legal for me to hit a child. Mm-hmm. You can actually discipline through love. So hitting's just fucking lazy. Oh, sure. I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I'm just saying some kids are assholes and wow. <laughs> some kids. They probably have asshole parents and they're modeling behavior off them. I'm, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing. I'm with just you. very feisty when it comes to hitting kids, hitting kids. Yeah. I no, think it's, it's like hitting um, animals. You know, like if I see someone hitting an animal, I'm like, you're a fucking monster. Absolutely. That's why I, you yeah. don't hit a kid. That's they don't why know I took better. The dog Cause yeah. it was my next door neighbor and I had to listen to that dog cry at night and, I was going, I was living down in Southern California at the time and I was driving back up to Chico for Christmas break and I just undid the gate and put him in my truck and drove up with him and kind of a gross story, uh, the dog uh, shit in the back seat of my truck, mm-hmm. right? And I, uh, I was like, all right, well, I'll, I'll clean that up when I get home. Oh, God. <laughs> I get home. Uh, I open the door to the truck. My mom comes outside. I say, Merry Christmas. I got you a present. And this dog runs out, licks my mom in the face. Big hug. I go to clean up the shit. It's gone. <gasps> <laughs> Did the dog eat its own shit? Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> that I can't imagine. That I I can't imagine... <laughs> I know animals are different, but I just can't imagine eating your own shit. It was a long car ride and I tried to make it as quick as possible so I could kind of get him. So it's your fault he ate his own shit. Sure, sure, probably. I mean, but you know. It's just crazy. Like you could leave me alone in a room with my own shit for days and I wouldn't eat it. Well, yeah. Well, we Unless were... were you not feeding the dog? I had just, I just got the dog. Got it. You just rescued him. I had just got the okay. dog. Well, you learned from your mistakes. Exactly. That'll be the last time that dog eats its own shit, I hope. I hope so. He's 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 not the smartest dog in the world, but I love him very Aww, much. I'm happy you saved him. God, people who fucking beat animals and beat on animals, 
God damn it. It's just like, honestly, Uh-oh. well, that's kind of what made me, yeah, you know I'm about it. The wolf's coming out. Yeah, people, <laughs> well, that's what honestly made me go vegetarian is like, I so can feel an animal's pain. Yeah. And it just, because they don't have as much power as a human, it seems extra cruel. It's mm-hmm. like beating a kid. It's like that kid feels trapped. Sure. That kid can't really stand up for itself until the kid becomes maybe a teenager and then is as big as, as the parents. Mm-hmm. But like, for me, like overpowering in any way, whether it's like verbally, physically, overpowering something that just innately has less power than you is the most cowardly, fucked up thing you can do. And it really does upset me. And I'm not saying I've never accidentally done that. I'm sure there have been times with Shane where he's like, can I do something? And I say, and I say, no. And he's like, why? And I said something. I try not to say because I said so, because mm-hmm. that's shitty. But like, I'm sure there are times where he's felt that. But I try as best as I can to not ever do that, whether it's to a child, an animal, because fuck that shit. I'll say this. I am thankful for every ass whooping I ever got from my grandparents, from my mom and dad, from my aunties and uncles, from my cousins. I am a very lucky, fortunate person to be where I am right now. I think that the hitting did not help you. Oh, it helped me. I'm going to disagree. Okay. I'm going to compassionately disagree. That's fine. I'm not trying to sway you. No, I'm telling you. I'm telling you about my life. That sounds like some Stockholm syndrome. That's not, it's not that at all. That's. Because there's so many kids who are like, I'm grateful my parents beat me, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you might think that because you still love them and because you came out well, you're, you know, attributing that way of discipline to that and maybe you came out well because of the positive so I'm gonna it's fine but I'm definitely gonna disagree with you there the lessons I learned from my ass whoopings kept me out of jail probably kept me alive so that's uh well I don't know what the fuck you were doing well I kind of do and I'm definitely glad that it kept you out of jail but I bet you there were other ways to discipline you and keep you out of that shit you were getting yourself into other than hitting because clearly there was Mm. a deeper thing going on no because hitting is such like the the hitting is such a major thing like that's a big deal if you're getting whooped that's a big deal so but you know what else is a big deal hugs. like what do you say hugs <laughs> well yeah but i mean <laughs> now you just made me sound like the corniest hippie i mean yes hugs are a big deal but there are other ways that are big deals like i've never done this to shane but i have i do know of kids who like when they kept doing bad shit the parents like took everything out of their room mm-hmm. except the bed like, this is going to be your life. You're now in a jail cell. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like there are other ways to get extreme if you need to without striking. Because when you, there is an energetic component of violence mm-hmm. that happens there. And listen, there are other ways to be violent other than hitting. Sure. Like you can say certain things that are violent for sure. But when you are hitting, you are unconsciously or even consciously saying to that person, this is how you solve something. And I think we all, that should be a last resort. I'm not saying it's always, always, always the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are certain circumstances a kid's about to run in the street and the parent just acts and hit, you know. But you are energetically saying this is, it's it's violence getting put onto something else and then it kind of repeats the cycle unless that kid does healing work. So I get what you're saying. And there are better ways to get a message I'm not across. saying there's not. I'm not saying there's not better ways. I completely agree with you, but for me, it worked. Cause maybe no, it did. 
I'm I, saying maybe. You you can disagree, but I'm saying it's, I I'm I'm very lucky to. I'm just I'm honestly just. I'm happy very to be happy here. you're you're here. I'm happy yeah. you're out of not not in jail. I'm happy you're out of this rehab place. Sure. But I'm happy you were in, even though it all happened in a fucked up kind of way. Yeah, it was traumatic. It was it was it was it was good it, overall. It was a uh, you know I could bitch about it, but. A lot of positive things came from it. Uh, I got what I needed out of it as far as the medication's going, and that's helping a lot. So it's good. I'm glad it happened. It was, I didn't like the way it happened. Uh, and, but I don't, I don't wish it didn't happen. It needed to happen. I'm just happy that I know you and that this is just one step on your path and you're just going to keep moving forward. I know I, you're going to be fine. You're a fucking warrior. You're a fighter. And this is just going to be part of your book that you write one day. That's going to be a bestseller. And, and, uh, but like I said, don't, don't let this harden you, you know, like Mm -hmm. that's the thing I'm trying to say is like weakness. First of all, I hate the quote weakness is pain leaving your body. I don't even know what the fuck I hate that shit, but that's more of a, that's more of an athletic it just uh, for, for yeah, and weights. I just I don't know. That's that, for lifting weights. But no, for me, weakness and it's pain is weakness leaving your body. Whatever it is, yeah, weakness is pain leaving your body. Yeah. I said it the wrong way. Um, That's for lifting weights. I think it's a strength to be vulnerable, and I hope that you keep letting these experiences open you up more and express your pain, express your joy, whatever needs to be expressed, and that you just keep kicking life in the dick. I will keep kicking life in the dick. You know what I just realized? What? I didn't talk about uh, sex not once in this whole podcast. That's well, crazy. It, that's great, but you brought it up at the end. I did. And now we have to wrap it up. All right. <laughs> Where can they find you? Phil from Chico. <laughs> Phil from Chico. Uh, shoot. Just Google Instagram. Phil from Chico. Yeah, Instagram, Instagram you're Phil, Phil from Chico. Chico. All one word. Twitter, Phil from Chico. All one word. Facebook, Phil from Chico. Three words. Uh, philfromchico.com it's got all my shows send them your love tweet at them tweet your tweet your positive love at them uh, and uh, cause he's a tweet your he's a dope vibes. person I'm alright and uh, you're a dope person thank you I think I think we're both dope oh my god um and uh guys I have a show a healing and comedy event coming up November 16th 8 to 10 p.m. at Reflections Yoga and Center for Consciousness Um, It's on East 24th between 2nd and 3rd. You can find the link for it on my Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I'm going to keep putting it out. But I think also if you go to Eventbrite and put in Going Deep, you can find it. It's $30. You can buy tickets at the door. But I would try to buy tickets beforehand because it might sell out. And I'd love for you to go. Definitely go. Thank you, Phil. Oh, I hope you might be away. But um, November 16th. I'll be, be back. back. I'll you be back. You should come. Seriously, you should come. I might come back. It gets real fucking real in I'll a good at, way. I'll be at New York Comedy Club tomorrow on the 9 o'clock this doesn't, show. This comes out in two weeks. So, well, so t- he takes that back. Tomorrow, <laughs> from when you listen to this, I will be at New York Comedy Club. Yeah, no, he won't. <laughs> Don't try to find him there because he might not be there. But, uh, oh yeah, tarot card reading, kwolf27 at gmail.com. And find me on Twitter, Instagram, at the Kate Wolf. We're gonna be. <laughs> oh my god! Ow, ow. We're gonna be. Phil and I are gonna be getting into our true wolf nature. So yeah, keep it real, everyone. Bye. Bye.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.